0: what is up everybody welcome back to another episode of the rewired soul podcast it's your host chris and today for this bonus episode i am speaking with the wonderful the amazing paulette Perhat. all right so usually these bonus episodes are with people and it's not necessarily about a book and Paulette is a writer, so she actually does have a book, which I just finished, and it's called Welcome to, Welcome to the Writer's Life, and I absolutely love it. I, I can't tell you enough. If you're not following me on Instagram and Twitter, make sure you do, because every single Monday, I release a weekly reading list, so tomorrow my review will be out for uh, Paulette's book. It is mwah, fantastic. Well, anyways, today, Paulette and I, we're going to be talking about staying organized with ADHD, right, as well as getting a a diagnosis later in life. So as some of you know, my background is, you know, doing a lot of mental health content for my own addiction, recovery, my experience with my own mental health issues, like depression and anxiety, and all that. But anyway, a little backstory, Paulette is just amazing. All right. So she is also a writing coach and she helps out a lot of writers, not just, you know, people writing books, but also people who do freelance work and all that. And she does classes and she was kind enough to let me join in one of her classes on staying organized. And uh, she let me come check it out for free because I've been doing some freelance writing lately and I am, you know, what I like to call an organized mess. And when I joined the class and was checking it out, and Paulette and I, we discussed it a little bit in this amazing tool that she made that uh, I will link down below. Um, When she was talking about it, she mentioned that she has ADHD, but not only does she have ADHD, she was diagnosed later in life. And I was like, girl, you got to come on. We got to talk about this because for people with ADHD, staying organized, staying on task is a huge challenge. So in this conversation, We talk about getting a diagnosis later in life. We talk about tips and tools and strategies for staying organized. And check it out. Even if you don't have an ADHD diagnosis, if you're just somebody like me who has a problem with, you know, uh, like shiny object syndrome or just not staying organized, like Paulette just has amazing tips and advice. And I ask her, like, hey, what are some hacks that you can, you know, offer? So we discuss all that in here. And then towards the end, towards the end, I ask her for some uh tips on being you know a writer and a freelancer and she gives me some tough love but anyways so at the end of this episode i was debating on whether or not to edit it out for all of you but i i personally really enjoy uh uh, episodes of podcasts or even YouTube videos that are just like super authentic and minimal editing. So I think I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> but anyways, towards the end of our conversation, there was a freaking fire alarm going off in my uh, in my apartment complex randomly. And Paulette and I, uh, we don't know if it's uh, them just doing some tests on the fire alarms. Or if my complex was actually burning down. So we kind of freak out together towards the end. It gets a little awkward, gets a little weird, but screw it. I left it in. But just so everybody knows, uh, my apartment complex didn't burn down. I've been dealing with some other issues, which I will be talking about publicly really, really soon here, but uh, it was not a fire. All right. But anyways, uh, make sure you head down to the description. Um, Make sure you are following Paulette over on Twitter, over on Instagram. I'm going to link a bunch of resources to Paulette. I'm also going to link her book. Welcome to the writer's life. I'm telling you, it is one of the most inspirational, motivational books I've read on writing. And I love Paulette's just tough love. So if you're a writer, make sure you check out that book and check out all of Paulette's stuff. All right. But anyways, before we get started, again, if you're not yet, make sure you're following me over on Instagram and Twitter at The Rewired Soul. Uh, Not only do I love talking with all of you about, you know, different guests, different topics uh, and all sorts of stuff, but that way you don't miss any upcoming episodes, any projects I'm working on. Like I mentioned, I've been doing a lot of freelance work, so I share all that stuff out and all that good stuff. And... In case you didn't know, but you could become a subscriber over on pod, uh, over on Substack, not podcast, become a subscriber over on Substack, $5 a month or $50 for a year. You get access to all of the normal episodes a day early or even earlier and it helps support what I do. So head on over to the soul.substack.com. I've also linked that down in the description, all right? But anyways, without further ado, here's my conversation with Paulette Perhatch about staying organized with ADHD. right hello paulette thanks so much for joining me how are you doing today
1: hi chris i'm doing amazing how are you
0: i am amazing as well <laughs>
1: but i am i'm, I'm actually really good because i went out with a friend last night from four o'clock to 11 and i was like and i was like i feel so good today i'm like oh because we've been so starved for
0: social connection, socializing
1: and i just went <laughs> we just went to a bar we had sushi we had you know, sweet potato fries. The other night made each other laugh. It was just like normal and fun. And I was like, wow, that feels great. That's
0: yeah. Nice. Yeah. And you know, this podcast will get off to a weird start, but I, I, I know what you're talking about when, when there was that like five minutes when we got to like not wear masks, right. We went to a show here in Las Vegas and I was like, Oh my, like it was just crazy being around people being out an experience, you know, like yes. it, oh, it, my was, God. it was great. But yeah,
1: let's get off to a weird start. I love yeah. a weird start <laughs> and a weird finish.
0: Because yeah, but uh yeah, there's a good transition because uh, you know, podcasting has been my number one way of socializing. I, I met you not that long ago and we're gonna get into some cool topics. But for those who have yet to meet you, aside from uh going out and socializing now, what what is what is your background? What do you like to do? What is your thing?
1: So I am an adventurous. I'm very curious. I love to get out there and and experience life and love to write about it and kind of tell people like, oh my gosh, have you ever seen Lava? Things like that. So I write about anything that inspires awe. And I also help other people figure out the life of freelance writing, making a career as both a creative writer and a writer who would like to be able to pay rent and Mm -hmm. so do lots of different things um meditation has been very helpful to me so i run a meditation and free writing group called a very important meeting which i co-founded with april davila who's a novelist and do a lot of freelancing for everywhere from the new york times to you know l and slate yoga journal and then I run a coaching program called Powerhouse Writers, where I help other writers kind of find the power to, to create their own futures and build their own lives. Because I, as someone who has ADHD, cannot live within the structures of normal 40 hour week sit sit-in-a-padded-cube society.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, that's kind of how we were introduced. You were kind enough to let me uh, attend one of your, your little uh, online seminars about getting organized and stuff, which I need since I've been getting into freelancing. And before we dive into some of that stuff, I've just, I've really been interested and curious lately and what, what makes people get into what they get into. And like, I've been writing, you know, I've, I fell into writing. I, I just realized at a young age, like I had a knack for it. And I like my teachers would compliment it, you know, and I, you know, seeing people would come to me for advice. And I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess I'm decent at this, you know, and I just, <laughs> just started doing it. But for you, what, what got you into writing? You know, there's so many different mediums where we could tell stories and, you know, do these things. What drew you to writing?
1: I think feelings, Um, Mm. I actually saw an illustration the other day and it was a woman and there were all these swirly lines all around her head. And then it said before journaling and then after journaling and it was the woman standing in front of an open notepad and all those swirls that were in her head were now on the page. And I seriously remember being about 10 years old and looking at a page that I had written and realizing that Mm. I was now calmer after having written that and that I could see the words that have been like swirling around in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that and as well, knowing I wanted to travel, knowing I wanted to explore, coming from a family that was very financially chaotic and not feeling a lot of power in my young life. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to be a reporter. And so then people will send me places. It literally didn't even occur to me. I could earn the money to go to these places by myself. This was like my I'm like this is going to be my scam, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, as I grew up, the entire industry like totally changed and shifted and is still trying to find its feet, so that's a very rare thing now where people are like, "Would you like to go to Rome and tell us a story?" Um so then when I was 10 years old, I told my best friends at the bus stop that I wanted to be a writer, and my best friend said to me, "Do you have any idea how hard that is?" Yeah. <laughs> she was right. Yeah, no. the sad thing. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, so cheesy. Sixth grade, yearbook, yearbook all through high school, magazine nice. journalism degree. Um, and then what was cool was that I did small town newspapers for a while and I thought I wanted to be a reporter. And that, in a way, was playing it safe for me, I realized. Mm-hmm. I so respect investigative journalists. Mm-hmm. And I so recognize that I am not one. Yeah, you cannot be an investigative journalist if you're a people pleaser and a sensitive person. Right. So I was like, something's like not quite right. So then I joined Peace Corps. Mm. And it was when I was in Peace Corps, as I described, this is kind of the opening scene in my book. Welcome to the writer's life in in Peace Corps, I have this moment where I realize that there's another layer of like, oh, oh, shit, I want to be a freelance writer. Yeah, you know, or I mean, oh, oh shit! I want to be like a creative writer. Am I allowed to cuss? Am I allowed yeah, to cuss? yeah,
0: fucking go yes, for it. <laughs> fucking,
1: fucking, fuck, fuck, yeah, fuck, 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 fuck. Um, so, so that was the time that I was like, oh, I really want to do like the thing. I read a heartbreaking work of incredible genius, and mm. I was like, wow. I think when you start to read better and better things, you're like, the how good writing can be to even be like, oh, I want to dip my toe in that and even try to go in that direction and write, attempt to write something like this mm-hmm. is a big vulnerability. So having all the feelings, being exposed to beautiful work, being lucky enough to be in a family where my mom always said like, just follow your heart, honey. Yeah. And And yeah, and then knowing that I did not want to live in the financial chaos that I grew up in. So how do I make this happen? How do I make this work without financial chaos and, and feeling like I can take care of myself?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. Like uh, the other day, I just wrote a piece on my stubs sub stack about, uh, you know, just, just kind of like, you know, the, the power of, you know, freelancing, and just the way we're just the world is right now. Like there's all these, Issues that they talk about with like the gig economy and everything. And I totally get it. And in a little bit, I want to, I do want to talk about some of the challenges with freelancing, because something that I do not have is like good health insurance. You know what I mean? So we're getting that same, that stuff, but, but yeah. there is something empowering, empowering because I grew up in a financially chaotic family. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I have two parents and they don't listen to my podcast. So I'll say it. like, they, they had terrible credit my entire life. I learned from them, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm 30- 36. I'm 36 years old, I'm just now getting out of debt, my credit score is going up, you know, it took me a long time. So that's one of the things that I I enjoy about freelancing too. And one of the reasons I've been doing it for so long, even while working full time jobs, it's nice to know I can bring in just a little bit extra cash and all that. But But I think, you know, a way we can transition into that in a minute is, as you mentioned, you have ADHD and that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on because mental health is a huge part of my life and something we discussed a little Mm -hmm. before jumping on is like getting diagnosed when you're older, right? Like there's this. Yeah. So I guess my first question for you too is like, I've been happy that there's a, a, a growing conversation around mental health but that wasn't the way it was when I was younger. I always, you know, when I was working at a rehab and talking with clients, like we didn't talk about this in mm-hmm. in health classes or anything. So I got diagnosed at 27. Can you talk about a little bit about your experience? Like, did you recognize anything different or wrong on what led you, what led you to being like, maybe I should ask somebody about these things that I do.
1: So it's pretty funny. Yeah. So I've always, um, I knew I, in high, in college, I figured out eventually that I had anxiety, like anxiety on a level that most people don't have it. And what was crazy is that my dad died two months before I went to college. Then Mm. it was like, well, this is just grief, you know? But then it's like, if it's a year later and you're still like imagining terrible things happening all the time, like maybe something else. So then I was like, okay, we solved that problem. I have anxiety, right? And so through everything under that category, but then there were other things in my life where i like, why can't I do this? Why do I always blah, 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 you know? And it's so funny. I realized I was asking why, why, why for decades. And it's like, did you ever not think to find like the actual answer? Yeah. So I was interviewing an expert on culturally induced ADD or ADHD where it's like, because of phones, we as a society mm. are starting to exhibit the characteristics of ADHD. Right. And so this expert who I actually had forgotten about our appointment that morning, he woke me up with my ringing phone (laughs) and we were doing this interview on, on ADHD and we got to chatting. I can never just like ask questions when I'm interviewing. I always, it's always a conversation with me. And he finally goes, it sounds like you have ADHD. And I was just like, He's like, you should get tested. You have a great center there in Seattle. And I was like, okay, fine, blah, blah, blah. So the test was $250. Mm. That was the year I was writing my book. And I have never worked so hard. I worked from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and made so little money. When I got the second half of my book advance, I bought Tupperware so I could better bulk cook and freeze food. I was so broke. Yeah. So. I didn't get the test, didn't get the test. And then I finally, I think I took like an online test and it was like, high likelihood of ADHD. And I was like, ah, and just let it go for like three years. And finally, last year I got an assistant. And so she and I were talking about it. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Like, let me get the test. So turns out the center we have in seattle is named after the guy that i was interviewing i was interviewing this like super big deal (laughs) in the adhd world and didn't even realize it the guy who gave me the test when i mentioned that he was kind of like starstruck i was like damn it so he gives me the test and he goes well we don't usually get 20 out of 20 and i was like yeah oh So, you know, and the only question that was kind of a maybe was he said, do you have problems with organization? And I was like, well, not now, now that I had to like spend a decade of my life figuring out and like creating systems. And it was so funny that same month was the month that, um, my writers like software, the writer's mission control center got approved as a Google add-on. And I'm like, of course I designed a piece of software for writers to stay organized because I freaking have ADHD. Like now I get it. So, and it's just been, I mean, I was like alternating between laughing and tearing up during the questioning because even like as the questions just showed to me, like every question kind of said, Hey, that thing you've been experiencing, that was about this the whole time. That was Mm -hmm. a part of this. That was a part of this. And you're just like, Oh, you know, and I've been learning so much about it and really feel like I need to have like a seminar for my friends, just like, Hey, you know, X, Y, Z. That was ADHD this whole time. And, you know, so, um, yeah. yeah, it was it's amazing. It's. It feels very, very freeing in a way. You Sometimes I think we can feel like labels can shut us down. And I don't mm-hmm. want to be like, I'm a person with ADHD. But I'm very much, as you took my class on organizing, you saw, like, I'm very much about celebrating these wild minds that we have. Yeah. But also being like, and here's the corral you get to run around in. The corral Mm -hmm. does not include smoking meth. The corral does not include, you know, messing up your credit. You get to run around and have a a, be a wild mind, both in the space that like also takes care of you. Yeah. And, you know, I had a really hard time with that for a long time
0: yeah yeah it's it's really it's really interesting because i've been in mental health like advocacy for a while and and no matter what realm it's in there's always like internal debates and stuff like that but anyways one of the debates is about mental health or even addiction is the labels and labeling it this like in addiction Mm. there's this big debate around like is it a disease or not a disease and there's like the fear around the words and stuff like that but you know with these you know the way i i see like diagnosis no and everything like that. I've had experts on here talking about their books on, you know, overdiagnosing. Or I had a uh, uh, Dr. Alan Francis on here where he talks about how the DSM has really broadened and made things like very subjective but like for me Mm -hmm. it you know as we were talking about it was so like empowering and i was like finally you know because i could be like okay symptoms of anxiety i was diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder i'm like oh okay because beforehand i just felt lost alone i was looking around at the world like how are you able to do this and i can't how are you able to function and i can't and then once i got a name for it i'm like okay cool you know but for some people i do see the label, you know, bringing like stigma or this or that. But I think that's a larger Mm. conversation and a, and a bigger mission. But, you know, um, I, I'm curious too. like, I want to kind of, uh, talk about like the before and after, because, you know, you've, you've probably been dealing with this stuff your entire life, but you've functioned, you clearly, you know, did at least decent in school because you ended up going to college. Oh you God. got a you got a degree.
1: I did as little as possible to be able to look good <laughs> on paper. It was so bad, Chris. My college transcripts are hilarious, and yeah, it's so funny because now I love to learn. Total like <laughs> adult student, lifelong student, love it. Yeah. But it was like I think because you know, it didn't. It was the wrong kind of hard. We needed the right kind of hard. You know, and if if I'm into something, I will work on it night and day and I love it. Like the software, it's like my favorite puzzle to play, right? And and I work really hard, but school didn't know how to kind of tap into that. And you know, when you're in the public school system where teachers are very sadly underpaid, daughter of a teacher, and um, you know, the structures are just so rigid and it's it's so gray in there. Um yeah, I was not a good student, which was very sad. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm very I'm, you know, it is what it is. But You know, what you, you said something that sparked something I wanted to talk about.
0: Lay it on me. Let's go back to it.
1: It was. Oh no, I lost my train of thought.
0: Labels, not wanting to label, diagnostic. Oh yeah,
1: it was basically like, I used to say, I don't know why, but I need a lot of help and I give it to myself.
0: Mm. And
1: it's that being able to say, I'm the kind of person who needs a lot of help. And that's not my fault. I don't know how I ended up this way. I wish I weren't this way but yelling at myself and hating myself for being that way has not worked. And now that first part, I don't know why, but I need a lot of help can become, I have ADHD and generalized anxiety disorder. I need a lot of help and I give it to myself. Right. And it's, it's costly in a lot of different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. where like I have an assistant, it was so funny, my assistant and I have been working together for a year and she, it's been so game changing for me and we reviewed the original post that I put up and it basically just screams, I have ADHD. I was like, Mm -hmm. how did we both not know that this is what was going on? And when I got diagnosed, I was able to go to my team. I have three or four contractors I work with and say like, hey, we're we're working in an ADHD business. Like, so we all have to be careful that my shiny object syndrome you know that like I have so much trouble following up with things, following through. I love designing systems, but like keeping them going. so it was cool to be able to talk to everyone and one of um one of my contractors, she was like, "Oh, my husband has this, and you know, so we it was just it's a it's a structure and a framework to work within
0: mm-hmm. and what
1: was crazy about a d h d with one of these books that I was reading said that um it's shortened your lifespan by an average of 13 years. Uh-oh. I was like, um, I'm sorry. Like, I thought it was going to say like two years, three years. So I was like, <laughs> 13 years? So I, and my guess would be a lot of that is because of the addictive behavior. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not sure. But, you know, with it it can feel so isolating. And I think when you have the label, you can create a community, you know, now I'm following all these like hashtag ADHD people on mm-hmm. Instagram and stuff, and just seeing something every day where I'm like, how did I miss no. this my entire life? This is crazy. Um, yeah. And you know, with the anxiety stuff you brought up, I, I'm writing this scene in my never ending novel about spring break. Mm. And they go into a club and I was like, I don't know if I would include the scene. And I looked up on YouTube a, a video of people going to a club in spring break and walking into a club and feeling like you're looking around and everyone else seems to be having such a great time. And you're like, why do I hate this? You know, yeah. why can't I feel the way that other people look like they're feeling? And like and I think that that's why drugs and alcohol become very tempting mm-hmm. to to us because we want you know it it is this mix but yeah you and i are like mental health mixed buddies with anxiety and adhd
0: yeah no it's it's funny like you know especially talking about just going to a place and looking around and like because i i you know uh I would get wicked just like social anxiety too and i was afraid to like talk to people because i'm just overthinking and just mind racing and worrying about how they're going to perceive me blah 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 you know you know how it goes but anyways when i share my story of addiction i i talk about the very because my mom's an alcoholic i didn't start drinking i didn't really have my first drink and get drunk until i was like eight yeah 17 into senior year and uh there was this sense of relief right i was like oh oh okay you know and then it turned into self-medicating because i never Mm -hmm. knew that there were other ways to manage this thing i had because there was never a freaking label on it but um you know and something you touched on too was uh kind of like when you find something you're interested in and you'll go deep like you know uh whether it's Mm -hmm. like programming or you know whatever um it's interesting because i i've never you know i've never been diagnosed or try to get diagnosed because I just look at it as my like addictive behavior. But I so I, I relate on that aspect. When I find something that I'm into, like my girlfriend mm-hmm. makes fun of me all the time. I'll just sit there and just obsess over it. And Oh, yeah. There's this awesome book, I don't know if you read it. It's called The Power of Different uh from Dr. Gail Saltz. Oh, phenomenal book. She goes that. She goes through a bunch of different um mental health disorders, one of them's ADHD, and she shows all the benefits of it. And she talks totally, about, yeah. you know, with ADHD, that's one of those things. And she um somewhere in that chapter she describes it as like even with school. It's not that she describes it as it's not that, you know, you you're not uh able to keep your attention. It's just you don't keep your attention on stuff that doesn't interest you. Right. So have you, have you found that like, uh, you know, with your writing, like even if you're uh, you know, are you ever assigned like an article that you're just not interested in? Do you notice that you, you get distracted even easier or like, how is, how is that with like your work?
1: You have no idea how timely this question is. (laughs) Uh, I was just thinking, so, I divide work up into a matrix with nine squares. This is part of the the Writers' Mission Control Center, and it goes by compensation, low, medium high, and desirability, low, medium high. Mm-hmm. And I have a client who pays a hundred an hour, which mm-hmm. is great money. I would rather rub my face with sandpaper for six hours then work on the stuff I worked on for six <laughs> hours yesterday.
0: <laughs> and I and then
1: I procrastinated and then I had to get up at six in the morning and work for six hours straight. And like and my my sister and I were both were like, she's doing that, you know, she's doing one part, I'm doing another. We're working together and we're just like hating it, you know, we're just texting each other back and forth like we hate it. We hate this.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so I decided, I was like, okay, I am going to retire the high compensation, low desirability square starting next year. I've been a a writer for 10 years. I can do this without, I'm gonna move beyond that, right? Mm -hmm. I literally like put that stake in the ground. They texted me like half an hour later and they were like, hey, do you want a 40 hour project for December? And I was like, I want $4,000. Yeah. Like, and so it's, but I, I was sent them a message back. I was like, I'm actually really busy that month, blah, blah, blah. Because they are really like, they're not getting the best of me because when I am writing something I hate, I just want it to be over so bad. And I'm like putting whatever will suffice. Right. And then there is this absolute beauty of the things that get the best of me. And, and that is like how I can serve. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, you know. Apart from the things that we get like addicted to, like my eBay addiction of 2002 and oh my God, do you remember ebombs world? Like, thank God oh, I've never shit. gotten a gambling addiction. Like, how did I never get a, a, a right. vending a vending machine? A, what do they call the Handle?
0: Slot machines?
1: The slot machine addiction. Yeah. yeah. No, thank God that was my slot machine. But like, talk about hyper focus. Um, so, yeah. So, I think. We have to find a way to harness that energy that comes up when we want to hyper focus. Um, so I almost failed out of sixth grade because it was all f- busy work. And in one class, I had in the middle of the class a zero percent because I had done zero percent of my homework, and my mm-hmm. mom like freaked out. But then there was this other class where um, we, you know, we got to do projects, and we were studying the Holocaust, and we had to do a model. And I stayed up till one in the morning and it was a group project and I made everyone stay up with me. And we made like a working bunker, you know, with like, with models of people. Like we, like, I was captivated obviously by the incredible story of how people, you know, survived the Holocaust. And then this expression of it in physical form that wasn't just like a freaking form. Like when I have to fill out a, a form at the doctor's office, like I scream inside and I'm like, it's not a big deal. It's just a form. And I'm like, in this
0: day and age yeah why? right um, yeah yeah that's- so
1: uh yeah so i need to in order to like function on the highest level and this is such a privilege i mean what what the hell is with like instagram right now with all these videos of people like working in factories like i'm like i have is this, yet
0: to come across those like
1: there's all these like just you know some people have to spend their day doing the same motion over and over and over. Yeah. And I am so lucky that I do not. And when I complain about other things in my life, I'm like I have the freedom to pursue a life where I can do the things that I find interesting and, you know, and I sometimes I whine about the hustle. Um and I don't want to do social media posts and I don't, you know, I don't want to do the like marketing yeah nonstop, but um I I wish the world would accommodate people with, with mental health struggles. Yeah. Um, and we don't in so many ways, you know, the, how expensive therapy is. And yeah, um, yeah it's just, I mean, I think that that's part of why I want to make good money for myself is I want to be able to accommodate the things that I need because I struggle with mental health.
0: Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, one of the, one of the best, one of the best things. And I, I, I don't know, maybe sometime I'll have you I'll have you write a guest piece like what you described about like your workplace, like there were so many parts of that where I'm just like, Yes, girl. Right. Like having this open conversation with your team, like, hey, here's how I am. And just like adapting to different personalities, because, you know, I could I could spend the next five hours with you just talking about how much I dislike the school systems and all the structures and not accommodate people's different needs and all that stuff. But yeah, there is that freedom with like freelancing. And like you, I'm this lifelong learner. I, I have hundreds of authors on here just so so many different topics because i just Mm -hmm. i'm like oh that's an interesting topic i'll read like five (laughs) books on it just Mm because i want to learn everything and there's that that freedom but if more workplaces were like hey what do you like to do what are you good at and then you know i like that kind of teamwork strategy you know of oh i don't like doing this here you could do this or i'm all over the place and you mentioned like the shining objects syndrome like my girlfriend helps keep me on task she's like don't you want to finish this thing before you jump to that (laughs) thing and Yeah, you know, all that, but you know, I, I want to, I want to talk to you because you've been, uh, doing freelancing for so long, but before we jump to that topic, I'm, I'm really curious since you've been diagnosed, has anything changed with how you treat it? Like you mentioned meditation when, when I found meditation changed my life. Um, but yeah, do you do any, any therapy like cognitive behavioral therapy or anything like that? Do you, uh, do you do like medications? Do you do holistic stuff? Like, what are you doing to manage it now? Is it just kind of organizing your life in a different way?
1: Yeah, so I did. Um, I have an interesting story about medication, which uh, I, is in my book, Welcome to the Writer's Life, because it is like the last chapter is your writer's life. And I am all about, you know, if you win the Pulitzer, but you're a high-functioning alcoholic who has no relationships, like that to me is not <laughs> a successful writer's life, right? Um, so it's taking care of yourself socially, financially, mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. And I had been seeing a therapist for a while and she had talked, to, tried to talk to me about anxiety medication and I didn't want to go on it, didn't want to go on it. And then it was the first time that I was published in the New York Times and I was having a bad day and I looked at it and I didn't feel good. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, but like everything's fine. Look, there it is. This is yeah. the thing. You became a writer. You're in the New York Times. Here you go. And I was still feeling like, things weren't good. I just was like off. I was tense. I had dread. And I was like, okay. (laughs) All right. Yep. And then two, I used to wake up with really bad dread
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: didn't really know that was the name for it. But it's like, if you just got really bad news, the way that your stomach feels right after that, like that sinking feeling, I would just wake up with it. That's why I call it an emotional hallucination. Right, mm. a regular hallucination is a visual of something that's not there. This is an emotional reaction to something that's not there, and um, and two weeks later, I woke up and I w- felt fine, and I was like, "Oh, this is nice.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: don't need to like cry before my coffee, so yeah. that's good." Um, I haven't done any medication yet for the ADHD. I think I I will try it. I just need to make the appointment. Um, and. But certainly making sure that I get my exercise a little bit more, mm. I actually, um, so in the July, 20, July 2020, it had been, a, you know, pandemic year, lockdown year. Um, I hadn't been working out at all. And it was coming up on 10 years since I'd gotten back from uh, living in South America during peace corps and i hadn't done anything to keep my spanish up so i was really mad at myself Mm -hmm. so i was sitting around like having a little like you suck party and i was like you suck you're not working out you're gaining weight you look like shit you feel like shit and you don't even speak spanish very well you (laughs) are the worst and having started meditating and being like hey can we accept where we are right now and Mm -hmm. go from there let's see how that goes that created mental space to be like, what might a solution be? And I said, well, if I got a personal trainer, it would be online now anyway. What if I just got a personal trainer who lived in a Spanish-speaking country and we just worked out in Spanish every morning? Oh, so I've twofer. been working with my trainer, Hamilton, who's like now my best friend because we hang out for like an hour every day. Um, and yeah, we've been working out for like 18 months. And I'm like, okay, this is what I just need someone to like, be like, I'm going to tell you what to do. And I'm just going to stand here and watch you do it. And yeah. I'm like, that really works for me. So um, I got invited like kind of last minute, 10 days notice to do a 23 mile four day hike. And I freaking did it. And I was yeah. like, wow, I would not have been able to do that without working out. Yeah. Um. So I think just kind of being like, it can be hard with with outsourcing and deciding to outsource something. And it takes mm-hmm. a long time to like get there, right? You can't just do it immediately. There are other accountability measures like, getting a friend to do it with you, things like that. There are things that, Mm -hmm. you know, I certainly used to have to do for free. And, you know, now that I'm into my career, mid-career, I can afford a few things. And there are things where you're just like, to me, whether or not to outsource comes down with to, have I always struggled with this? And is it important? If Mm. the answer to both of those is yes, I'm just going to get the help I need, right? In whatever way that I can afford it. Like, you know, you can get a coach or you can create an accountability group, um, you know, hey, let's, I have one friend a week and every day, every Thursday I meet with Susie and we go jog every Friday I meet with so-and-so, you know I've done the, from like, I'm a writing coach but I also have the, the very important meetings which are payment optional. So people can come for free because I know it's like I think that you can keep yourself accountable at any financial stage, but there is something about throwing down the money and being like, all right, I'm throwing down the money. So like, that's like, you're betting on yourself. And then you're like, I better freaking do the thing I said I was gonna do, because I could have gotten like, you know, a brunch with that money. Um, So that's really helped me. And I also have a client, Kirsten Jordan, who is uh, the first female cast member of Million Dollar Listing New York. Mm. And I have just learned so much from her. And she's all about investing in herself and throwing down to, to bet on herself in the future. And she's like, really helped me just kind of glow up with, with how I treat myself and how I create my future and say, okay, no, I really want to be traveling when I'm 70. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to let my body decline in a way that it's very, very easy in this country to let your body decline. Yeah. So doing it.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I, I love that just wide range of things like something when I finally started working on my mental health, I just realized like I had to I I, I try everything. And, you know, like uh, so I, I started anxiety meds because like that, that kind of dread for no reason, like that was just the pinnacle of my uh, yeah. my generalized anxiety disorder. Just I'd be sitting there, everything yeah. was fine. And I'd be going through like everything going on in my life. I'm like, where is this coming from? Or like when you first wake up right. in the morning, And, and yeah, just now it's, it's, it's pretty managed just because of, you know, uh, medication, therapy, meditation. I, I've been, you know, this year, I haven't broke the chain yet. What are we, December, uh, November 18th. I have gone for like two mile walks every single day this entire year. haven't missed a day. Yeah, Yeah, that's great.
1: Oh my God. And
0: just like going outside, even though we don't have the same scenery that you have in the Northwest, but I go through my neighborhood and everything. Well, I can't see
1: it through the rain, so don't worry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but all these things, they, there's such, there's such a great help and support groups and keeping the right people around. Yeah. And also I love your emphasis on just uh, self-compassion and stuff like that too. Like, yeah. because I, when you were talking about just beating yourself up and stuff, like I can go into those, oh those modes and, and yeah, we just got to be kind to ourselves. I'm like, would I like, uh, you know, would I talk to a friend like this, you know, or would I talk to my son like this? If he was, you know what I mean? So yeah we we got to talk about the willpower instinct. Heck yeah, I have. I'm actually yeah, reading. She
1: was the one who was yeah. like, if you yell at yourself about something, you're just more likely to repeat it. And I was like, okay, scientifically, it's a terrible idea to yell at yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been wanting to uh, have her on, uh, on the podcast. Like she's a twin. Did you know that? They both write.
1: Yeah. And they're both like amazing authors. What the yeah.
0: Heck? Yeah. I love it. They're, they're, they're phenomenal. But you know, with, with, transitioning over to the topic of freelancing now for the last bit of time you're going to be you're going to give me some coaching as well everybody else listening who's in the writing industry since you have so much more time under your belt but one of the things you talked about like the the high pay low interest right Mm -hmm. i feel i feel like so far i've done pretty well with this and i think everybody can learn from this because it's important in any kind of job you're going for right like is it is it worth it right with these jobs Mm -hmm. that we pick up so i'm curious just like how you kind of look at it like how do you value yourself your writing and everything like so far i have found topics that i'm either a interested in or b very knowledgeable about and, mm-hmm. you know, since I write fast as hell and I have a lot of resources and two monitors, I'm like, this is an insanely good hourly rate. I am blown away mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. how freelance writing can pay sometimes. But mm-hmm. what, what's your kind of strategy for how you pick and choose jobs? And I know you have like this new goal going into 2022, but how have you yeah. been doing it? How are you going to change and adjust?
1: Step one, check the bank account. Low <laughs> yeah. equals yeah, sure. I'll do it. Whatever. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Hi equals. All right. I have a little space to think. Do I want to do this is, um, and desirability is, can be, can take so many different forms. It's kind of purposely vague. So it can mean I want to work with these people. I want to get this byline. I want to start writing in this topic. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, it's never static. It's never like, you know, it's always changing. You never quote the same pr- price twice. You know, someone can be like a total pain in the ass and just terrible to work with. And you're like, I don't wanna work with you, you know? Or you're mm-hmm. like, you get the pain in the ass tax of 20% more and then you take it. All right, well, you paid the tax. Um, yeah. And which shows that why it's so important to be easy to work with. Um. So, you know, it's, it's just always about kind of the things that come your way and that's what's so fun about it. Cause I mean, one time, like it was like Monday, and I got a random text on Instagram with like some very beautiful woman in the photo. And I was like, okay, this is going to be, you know, it was like in your trash inbox in Instagram. And she was said something about writing and I was like, what is this? And I looked at her profile and it said hundred thousand. And I was like, oh, she's following hundred thousand people. No, she had hundred thousand followers. And I was like, mm. oh, okay. Like, what is the deal here? She's like, what's your rate? So I quoted her dollar word. And she was like, okay, great. I'm going to be on the cover of Glamour Bulgaria as mm. one does. And they would need an interview and I need it like judged. And I was like, okay, let's judge. So like before 9am that day, I had made $900 judging an interview for Glamour Bulgaria, mm. which is called random. Um, yeah. And so it's just fun like that, you know, and then sometimes you're like in, I'll take anything mode. And yeah. sometimes you're like, I get to be picky mode, and I get to be picky mode is is definitely more fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, I've been uh, I've been fortunate enough to be, in, I've been picky mode, and I hope I get to stay <laughs> in that mode for a while because, you know, fortunately, before I got laid off from my job a couple months ago, I had been smart and saved up some money just in case, you know. So I've had this like cushion, it and it, that freedom is really, really nice.
1: Yeah, that's nice.
0: I um yeah. So go ahead.
1: Well, I just think it's really great, you know, that, uh, that to know that there is so much money out there and that there are people who need your words and need mm-hmm. their message, you know, judged and, and packaged for a website, for an email, things like that. And also I find, um, uh, that as a freelancer, you are more able to take care of your mental health Apart from sometimes the stress that can keep you up at night. And I've definitely had the 3 a.m. wake up. Like, do I have enough work for next month? Um, But overall, those mental health breaks, being around your pets, being around your family, um, you know, just being able to say, I need a mental health day. I'm going to take a little time. I'm going to go off early today. I love, I think that our society is absolutely not set up to help us take care of ourselves. And Mm -hmm. it is just like a radical act to as much as it's within your privilege to do, to prioritize that and to set that up as a model. And I I was all about working from home before the pandemic. And I think people worked from home and in doing that, saw how toxic workplaces are. And it's like, (laughs) I don't want to be around your vending machine and your signs and your beige padded cube that you want me to sit in. This sucks. And so every day I go get a cookie because that's all I have to look forward to when I'm here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I have just found general offices to be like full of BS and
0: yeah I don't know. You, and sometimes you, it can
1: be super fun. I mean, when I was a reporter, I was like, this is my like, I'd rather be here than home because all my friends are here. And this is great. It can be great. Um, yeah. But in general, I think they're not set up for human consumption.
0: Yeah. Something, something I've been thinking about a lot the last few days. And I, I, I want a writer something about it just to get it out of my brain and and somewhere else. Just, I've been just thinking, I'm just like, I, I will literally do everything in my power to just not go back to work for some Specific company or place. There are so many issues like this. Piece I I, I started writing the other day that I, I ended up publishing on my Substack ended up being like five thousand words. <laughs> just, yeah. I just sat there and just kept going. Like, geez, this was way longer. But it was just just so many different dynamics of the workplace and all these things and like it's just yeah, like you said, like especially with just work, it's very toxic. And I love having the freedom and the ability to freelance. I'm just hoping I don't have to go back to that but you know something i've been wondering about and you know um so i just fell into where i find my work right i i found this like mailing list where this wonderful woman sonia is her name sonia Weiss. weisner yeah there weisner? we go yeah yeah Yeah. She's maybe the that's, best. How, we, yeah,
1: I'm maybe that's how
0: we found each other but yeah she sent out this newsletter i'm like oh cool and i just go and i pitch yeah. and i find the things i like but there is this thing, and i I I'm curious how this happened for you. Did you build up a reputation? Because you have people who reach out to you now. Yesterday it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the deputy editor from Newsweek, Batya, who's also been on the podcast, there was uh the news about an overdose rates. She just sent me an email. She said, Hey, can you write yeah. a piece on this? Who and I'm was like, it? uh, Batya Ungar Sargon from Newsweek. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like, Hey, can you write a piece on this? I'm like, sure. But you? you know, really? I'm I'm curious how, how that goes, or, you know, do you, do you get ideas that you just send out to a bunch of different publications? Like how, what's your, what's your realm of freelance work kind of look like with that?
1: Yeah, it is so random, you know, anything from the message on Twitter, because you are, as they say, top of mind, which means that when someone says, oh, we need a writer, here's the first writer I think of. And if it's you, they call you. Mm-hmm. and the way to do that is to be on social media to have you know have a blog blah, blah 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 get yourself out there be seen and then you know i'll pitch things to certain editors meeting people is so important like networking is so so important yeah. and this was a long time i struggled with like i should be living in a cabin out in the woods just writing <laughs> and then i have found that so much of what makes a difference for my writing life is meeting someone at a conference um my friend, Terry Trespicio, I saw her speak at a conference and her energy is so amazing that I just like, zoop, just like tractor beamed up to her as a speaker. Mm. And I was like, can I talk to you? Um, and now we're like buddies and we've done a webinar together and, you know. So yeah, it comes from all different, um, all different angles. People have to know you, like you, trust you to do the work and then they will give it to you. And people need writers. They are willing to pay good money to get it done and get it done right and i'm not saying that i get it done right every time that is why with every mistake i a new field is created in the writer's mission control center to keep everything straight because it's a lot of moving parts
0: yeah yeah And by, by the way everybody listening this writer's mission control center i'll I, I need everybody to find out about it because i've been using it since i, I took a little yeah. class and it, it's all like, in one it just keeps everything organized so i need everybody to go check that out it, it's phenomenal it's helped me stay on track and, and keep track of like invoices and who owes you know and all that stuff yeah so but glad it's here's here's one of my main struggles and and it's funny because we were talking about you know the self-compassion and not negative self-talk but here's something that i i bet you have some good advice on right so pitching right mm-hmm. like sometimes i'll just come up with like a banger idea i'm like this this piece this idea i have and i'll outline it i'm like this will change the world if it gets published somewhere, right? And nobody fucking wants. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? and i am just welcome get, to the
1: writer's life yeah, nobody get, fucking wants it
0: i get so like offended and i take it personal right oh, and God. you know I, I, me on
1: instagram chris i post all my rejection letters you can really see how it comes to me yeah well,
0: well here's here's what i find very rude and even worse is just no response and i'm just like are you kidding me when somebody just even takes the time to reply i'm just like thank yeah. you but uh but yeah uh, give me, give me some, some advice on that. How do you deal with the re- rejection or just, the, just Come the close. ghosting? Let, me,
1: I, let yeah. me whisper in your ear. Yeah.
0: Get over it. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll put that right above my desk. Get
1: ready for the rest of your life, Chris. Yeah. And you know what helped me? Peace Corps is humiliating. I was the village idiot for two years. Yeah. A child has pointed at me and said, you don't speak Guarani and, Sa- and Sasha does. haha, And run away. I have been mocked by an entire group of people. Every time I opened my mouth, people laughed. Humiliating. Two years, right? Yeah. And now that's nothing. So you just need to have your spirit broken. Your ego is still alive. Mine is yeah. too. I'm kidding. But like, honestly, you have to be so shameless. You have to be willing to send so many emails that don't get responded to like, if you feel like, if you feel a pain every time you get a rejection, and I'm not saying I never do, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I got it. Here's my McSweeties. Here it is. Boom. Yeah. I pitched them for 10 years before they published a full length piece for me, which by the way, you need to read and then you need to buy health insurance. Um, it's called my personal brand is I don't want to die. Uh-huh. And. It's just like you can't make a story out of it. You just gotta know you are in there with everyone else. You know, Roxanne Gay posted on Twitter about, of course I still get rejections. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah. You know, and like it's one of the things you just don't think about. You're like, no, she's Roxanne Gay. Queen. Yeah. You know, we we would care, you know, we would just like you don't think about it. But she's like, Of yeah. course I do. Even this, she's and then she quoted one that she found especially painful that said like. I feel like this was a missed opportunity or something, you know? And it's just like, oh, um, so we're all, we all want to be good. We all want to bring people the experiences that writing has brought to us. We all want to be special. I want to be special. I want to get an award. I want to wear a pretty dress and get an award and be the best writer in the world. That's all I want. Yeah. But I have to come back every day. Not be Lauren Groff, not be Zadie Smith, not be Roxanne Gay, be myself, write my crappy story from my wild brain and like send it out. And a lot of times people are just like, no, thanks. Um, have you read my bio on my website? I have my regular bio and then I have my uh, a section called rejections, humiliations. You
0: and know, failures. I, I, I it's it's ringing a bell and I don't think I yeah. dove into it, but that's what I'm going to that's that's going to be my my. My fun time today, I'll go through So right. like,
1: I love, I think you're creating such an awesome experience for people by talking about mental health so openly because what sucks about it is the shame and the feeling like you're alone in it. It's the same thing with rejections and that's kind of what I'm all about. It's like, yeah. it's, it's hard as fuck for everyone. Yeah. I know point, I think point zero one percent of writers, it's very easy for, they make it very young. I will throw you a parade and I'm so happy for you. The rest of us, Need to get together, have some drinks, hug each other and be like, damn, this is hard, right? And be like, "Uh uh-huh.
0: Yeah, you know, like I I do think one of one of the things I do have going for me is like 98% of the time I am shameless, right? And I now that we're talking, I want to bring an editor on here at some point for like a publication and just kind of get in their brain a little bit. Yeah, because I am shameless. Like I have editors who all email pitches and I don't hear back from them for like I'll send them 10, I don't hear back on nine of them, just no response. And I'm like, Am I annoying them? And then next thing you know, they're like, Hey, I love this, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. And so I'll just go, go, go. But last last question question real quick, because this is something I've been thinking about and struggling a lot with lately is like because it it seems like it's that industry norm to when you pitch something, there's kind of this exclusivity. Is that a file alarm? Nope. (laughs) Okay. But anyways, uh, so there's kind of like this idea of exclusivity. So you pitch it out, and you're not sending it to a bunch of places. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't like that. And I wrote about it. I'm like, this is kind of ridiculous. But what's your what's your timeframe? Like if you have like a timely idea or article that you're pitching how long do you give them to reply and maybe that is a final (laughs) i'll find out and he was
1: never heard from again um oh that's such a hard question you know i literally just posted on twitter like all over the place like okay when someone does a call to pitch how long do you think like at what point does it get scale stale i got zero responses i was like people like there's no there's no everything is just like the wild wild west we have no idea um I, if it's timely, I say like, if I don't hear from you within 48 hours, I'll, I'll consider it a no, um, which is a Tim Herrera line that I like. Um, and yeah, I don't know a week, I think if it's not and then send it somewhere else. So, um, it's so tough. It feels like everything is just, you know, so foggy and there's all these groups. So I think the best thing to do is just like, um, I post tips on my Instagram, which is Paulette J. Perhatch. And then there's all these groups for freelancers, which just get in there and just start asking questions, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I've been doing 24 to 48 hours about that. But, but yeah. And you know, we, we might have to do a follow-up. I, you know, I'm just that's learning that you have, yeah, that you have a book. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go buy a book. I'm going to read it. And then we'll do this again specifically about some of the stuff from your book, but
1: love it. Don't but, die in a fire, Chris. Uh, yeah, I sorry. think um,
0: I've seen I, them around futorial, here. And I, think like, they're, I think they're testing stuff. I'll like, give your
1: eulogy and I'll be like, he did such good things before he was unwilling to get up because we were recording. It's yeah. A podcast,
0: you know, it'll, so it'll be historical. He had to
1: die because, <laughs> you know, content.
0: Exactly. You're
1: right yeah. in the middle of it.
0: Paulette, where could everybody find you, your lovely work, your lovely services and stuff like that, where you help writers and your classes and everything you're doing? Where's the best place in your website? Is it your Twitter? What is it?
1: Yeah. Um. So my only fans is. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> another podcast. Um. Uh, Twitter is great uh, at Paulette Perhatch. Instagram at Paulette J. Perhatch. Long story, long dumb story. Or my website um, at PaulettePerhatch.com. Or if you can't remember my last name because you're driving right now, that writerpaulette.com just takes you
0: right there. Beautiful. I'm going to link all that in the description. And Paulette, it was a pleasure. The time just flew by. I know. And, and so yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking again on Twitter or something real soon. Good.
1: Get health insurance.
0: All right, everybody, like I told you, Paulette is my jam. She's amazing. She's just like fun and bubbly and charismatic. I have so much fun chatting with her. And she's just such a good person, too, and very kind and very helpful. She's helped me a lot. And we've had discussions on the side, you know, about, you know, freelance work and everything like that. And again, I, I always, I always, always, always try to really highlight when one of the guests is just like a really awesome person as well, like That is just something that I've, I've been, you know, really, really like, I don't know, paying attention to ever since I became a content creator, because you know uh, there's a, there's a community and a lot of us, you know, we follow, you know, people, whether they're journalists or influencers or musicians or actors or authors or whoever it is, and they have, you know, their public persona and then there's like the behind the scenes persona and, you know, a lot of people aren't that great. So, (laughs) so I really like to, you know, let you all know when I, you know, know somebody like Paulette is just like an awesome person. And yeah, like I said, it got a little weird towards the end with that, uh, that fire alarm, but I did survive. All right. But yeah, make sure you go. Uh, follow Paulette. Uh, you know, she she writes a ton. She has a lot of great, you know, advice and information and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, she also has an amazing book. Uh, Welcome to the writer's life. So check that out. All right. But before I let you go, make sure you're following me over on Instagram and Twitter at the rewired soul. If you're new here, make sure you're following or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Two great ways to help support the podcast is to share these episodes. Like if you know people who follow you probably are bad at organizing or if they have ADHD, or if they're afraid to, you know, get therapy or go get a diagnosis, share this episode It helps out the podcast a lot and it'll help out some people that, you know, but you can do that with any episode. The other thing that helps out a ton that doesn't cost you a penny, head over to apple Podcasts. takes two seconds, leave a rating and review. This stuff helps out a ton. It gets the word out and the algorithms love this stuff but some other ways to support the podcast uh head over to the rewired soul.substack.com it's linked down in the description for five dollars a month or 50 dollars a year you help support the podcast and you get early access to all of the regular episodes all right and Paulette and I, you know, we talked about therapy and mental health a lot in this episode, there is an affiliate link down below for BetterHelp online therapy. So not only when you use that link does a little bit come back to help support the podcast, but BetterHelp Online Therapy is a service that I've personally used. It helped me out a ton with my mental health. It's affordable. It's online. You work with a licensed therapist from your state. And if you're like me, where you know uh, you don't like awkward conversations uh, when you have to break up with a therapist, like BetterHelp, like the first therapist I got, I was like, nah, didn't really, wasn't a huge fan. With one click of a button, you get a brand new therapist. All right. So check out that affiliate link for BetterHelp Online Therapy. So another huge, huge thank you to Paulette for coming on. Make sure you follow her over on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, grab a copy of her book. If you're a writer, it is phenomenal. And huge thanks to all of you for tuning in. Uh, We have some great episodes coming up this week. Hopefully, hopefully I might have to temporarily relocate because of some apartment issues. And if you want to stay up to date about that, make sure you're following me on Instagram and Twitter. But but I'm hoping uh, to have at least two or three episodes for you this week. Megan Dom is, uh, Dom is coming back. I always mispronounce her last name. Uh, she is coming back on the podcast. We had a great conversation and I have some others in the bank, locked and loaded for you, all right? So again, have an amazing rest of your day and I'll see you next time.